I guess I was born in the wrong century. I don't know, whatever. Must have been. But anyway, uh, things are a little bit different today. We are, we are serving a God that is all-powerful. We're serving a God that is mighty. Uh, it's a time that uh, years ago when service time came, you went to church. You did not, did not use Sunday as a time for recreation. Well, I said amen, but they didn't. Well, you're going to get that too. We didn't use it for a time to do on Saturday. You're running around, ripping around, and then on Sunday laying in the bed and sleep all day. Thank you. We use Sunday to worship the Lord. It's not a Sabbath day. Sabbath is Saturday. That was given to the Jews. We have no Sabbath day given to us, but we're to live holy every day, the Bible tells us. Be ye holy every day. And so we are in a dispensation that set aside the first day of the week as a day to worship the Lord. The Apostle Paul seemed to go along with that when he was talking to the churches. And so we are here this morning on the first day of the week to celebrate Jesus Christ, not ourselves, but Him. And I love all you dads. I appreciate you this morning. Thank God for you. Thank God for you being here in church, for you standing up. I know some of you have your families with you, and I thank the Lord for that also. We have gone through a week that had uh, several things in it, and I told you last Last Sunday that I'd probably continue on some about that. Uh, some concerning in the, in the month of June, we have Flag Day in that month. It's Flag Day for the United States flag, also for our church flag. I explained that to you last week also. It's also the arise shine of this church organization, not this individual, just this building, but the whole Church of God of Prophecy worldwide, that we're in 120, 30-some countries, Worldwide, uh, we have missionaries there. We, we're doing this. And by the way, on the 14th of July, on the 14th of July, on Sunday night, we'll have the missionary here from uh, Gambia. Uh, it's one of the countries of Africa. He'll be attending our state convention, and he'll be staying over with uh, Brother Gene Gillette. And he's going to be here at, at Huddleston Church on Sunday night, the 14th. Write it down on your calendar, and I know a lot of you don't come on Sunday night, but try to make it that Sunday night, if you would, please. Um, he's working to get souls saved, and I feel like that we ought to support people like that. You say, well, that's not the country that we have as our prayer partner. It doesn't make any difference. We're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're su supposed to support all of them. So let's come out that night and listen to what he has to say. It might be very interesting. So that's the 14th of July. Don't forget that, please. All right. All right. So far as so far as the church is concerned, let me go back and give you a little history. I know this is not going to be uh, a shouting, jumping up and down message this morning, but I think sometimes it's good for all of us to know where we came from and what our, what our roots were. Um, June the 13th, to, uh, 1903 is a significant day uh, in the Church of God. That, that was uh, a long time ago, probably 116 years ago. 
that's, that's been a long time ago. But that was a time that the church on this side of the dark ages uh, seemed to come to light, a church that would fulfill all the scripture, not just part of it, but all of it. We are not, we are not preaching this morning that we are the only people going to heaven. For heaven's sake, get that out of your mind. The church of God is not the only people that's going to heaven. I said last week, there's members of the church that's not going to heaven. They're not living right. And there's people out there that are not members of the church that are going that are living right. So don't get it in your heads that just because we say we're the church that we say we're the only ones that's going to be saved. That is not true. Not by a million miles. But anyway, the church went into the dark ages in 325 A.D. 325 A.D., the church that was known to be the one that Christ set in order with the disciples when he said, upon this rock I will build my church, that church went into what was called the dark ages. You pray for me for a few minutes. I'm doing this by memory this morning, most of it. It went into the dark ages because it was covered up wiped out by the Nicene Creed. That was a creed of men, of government, that took over, that governed the church and pushed it down out of sight. Jesus had made mention uh, that this would probably happen, but the Old Testament in Isaiah knew that would happen. Isaiah knew it would happen because in Isaiah, uh, the 54th chapter, and the 7th and 8th verses of that chapter, he says, For a small moment, talking about the church, For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. Uh, and, and he has said uh, in the 8th verse, In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. So he knew that this was going to happen. And he said, for a small moment, I will hide my face from you. So it stayed hid from that period of time. The church did not operate from 325 A.D. until the 1900s. It, it, was, it was hid in the Dark Ages. There was a church operating, the Church of England in some of these places, and the Catholic Church and so forth, but not a full gospel organization was operating. It just wasn't there. In in 1903, there was a man in Indiana, uh, a young man in Indiana that was working on the farm there with his father uh, named Ambrose Jessup Tomlinson. We are not the Tomlinson gang. We are not the rag gang from the flag, as we've been called. We are not holy rollers. We are holy, but we don't roll over on Sunday morning and go back to sleep. We get up. So... Uh, we, we are not all of that, but this young man that was there uh, working with his dad heard something call his name, and it was similar to Samuel when he heard the Lord call his name. And, 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 and this happened three times to him, and his father said, I, I haven't called you. And he said, well, it must be the Lord. And it was something about that calling that told him to attach himself to a certain man that was in that area who was a coal porter. Some of you don't know what a coal porter is, do you? Look at me like that. 
It's someone that sells Bibles. It's someone that sells. What are y'all looking at me like that for? They sell Bibles. And so he got hooked up with this guy selling Bibles. He winds up selling all over the country where he could, riding a train, a horse, walking, whatever, and he winds up in North Carolina. Winds up down there, and he got hooked up one, one day with a group of people that were having a church meeting down there, and they called the name of their church the Holiness Church of Camp Creek. That was in North Carolina. And so he attached himself to these people. They seemed to be preaching something that he liked, and he got hooked up with them in that place. And he was going to spend the night there with them. And the next morning he felt an urge to get up early and pray. Because he was reading the Bibles that he was selling. And he was reading that there was more to it than what was being preached. And so he got up very early on the morning of June the 13th. And climbed up to the top of a mountain that was called Virga Mountain. Located in what is call the fields of the wood, not woods, W-O-O-D, period, fields, fields of the wood. And it says in Psalms, hey, preacher, you done gone all the way back from North Carolina to the book of Psalms to David's writing. Yeah, because the Lord anointed some people to write some prophecy. If we'll get in the Bible and find it and dig it out, it'll put two and two together, and it does make four, as Jethro said. So David said in Psalms 132 and 4, I will not give sleep to mine eyes, nor slumber to mine eyelids, until I find out a place for the Lord an inhabitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Lo, we heard of it at Ephratol. We found it in the fields of the wood. Huh? Are you with me? Does anybody get lost in that? He found it in fields of the wood. You got it up there. Hey, you're doing good. Who's doing this, Kenan? You're a good guy. I'm glad you got back from Florida. I bet you are too. These guys in the booth are amazing. We found it in fields of the wood. Now, lo, we heard of it at Ephratol. What is Ephratol? Loud, Susie. You can say big bowls loud. Bethlehem. Lo, we heard of it in Bethlehem. Who came to Bethlehem to bring the good news? Jesus. Y'all are failing this test miserably. You're just sitting there. So Jesus comes to Bethlehem Ephratol because Micah said Bethlehem Ephratol is where Christ would be born. There were two Bethlehems in that day. The other one was a larger Bethlehem, but this little Bethlehem was where Christ would be born, and that was called Bethlehem of Ephratol. Lo, we heard of it, in Bethlehem, but we found it in fields of the wood. So this man goes to the top of the mountain the next morning early and begins to pray. And the Lord revealed unto him more than this little church at Camp Creek 
was teaching or preaching. The Lord revealed it to him. And he comes back down out of the mountain and he walks in and he tells them what the Lord had showed him. And they said, we will teach this. We agree with this. He said then, if you will agree with this, if you will agree with this, says, let's change the name of this place from the Holiness Church at Camp Creek to the Church of God of the Bible because it is fulfilling that scripture and this is what I have been revealed, the Lord has revealed to me, so therefore let's go and, and teach it that way and name it the church because Paul said the whole family in heaven and earth would be named after the Father. The Father is God. Somebody said, where you get that name, the church of God? God is the one that we named it after because he's the father of all saints. Therefore, it's named after him. You say, boy, you're taking me on a journey this morning. I aim to. I just hope we get there all right and you don't fall off. Danny, I'll have to come pick you up. And you say, well, then how come you're the church of God of prophecy? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question. Because there was a church of God there in 1903. And this man began to preach that. And they had, they had a meeting there. And they began to spread out and teach this. And churches began to be set in order. God began to bless. Over a hundred received the Holy Ghost in one of these services. They were being blessed on top of blessings because God was being with them. But as it is in just about every organization on the planet, you that are vistas this morning, uh, take this uh, however you want to because I don't do this. I don't preach this way all the time. Sometimes I do worse. But, but they began to teach this and preach this, and people began to accept this, and, and the doctrine began to spread. It began to spread. Somebody even burnt the schoolhouse down while they were having the meetings in. The devil began to work. But I can tell you one thing, if it's of God, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. Because one of the verses in a chapter that I just read to you, but down by the 17th verse says, No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No weapon is going to prosper against God's church. But people, people some began to feel like we knew better than what this group was teaching, so they pulled out and started their own group. In 1923, there was a big split, and one group split off, and that was, uh, they called themselves the Church of God also. There's others that split off since then. Some, even in the 90s, have split off from us because they don't agree. We want to take the entire Bible as the Word of God. Nothing else, nothing that I write, nothing that Randy Hensley writes, I don't care what he teaches on Wednesday night when he teaches. If he teaches it wrong, we don't accept it. If he teaches it right according to the Bible, we accept it. If it gets on somebody's toes, just, you know, put some salve on them and keep walking. Because that is what it's made for, is to bring us in line. And so we had two organizations in the same town with the same name. Guess what happens to the mail company? They get all confused because they don't know who's getting the mail. Because the addresses are similar, 
they're close by each other, headquarters, so they take us to court. Yep, we go to court. Over the name. I know y'all are really enjoying this. I am. <clears throat> and the judge takes all of the doctrine from both churches. And he takes it and studies it all. He comes back and makes a decision. And he says, since the church of God, the other church, he says, since their doctrine does not totally conform with the doctrine that our church was teaching, he said, I'm going to designate on business matters that they be called the Church of God of Bradley County Court because this took place in Bradley County, Tennessee. So on all documents of business, the other Church of God has to put a Bradley County Court on it. He said, this other group, which was us, he said, since I've read your doctrine, it seems like you are fulfilling the prophecy that is written in the Bible. He said, therefore, since you are fulfilling prophecy, we are going to des designate that you be called the Church of God of Prophecy in business matters and on your mail. That's where we get the prophecy. Some people say, well, they call themselves the Church of God of Prophecy, which they're done that prophesying and telling everything's going to happen tomorrow and next year and what you're going to eat six months from now. That has nothing to do with it. We are trying to fulfill the Word of God plain and simple. We do not have to put it on our sign, but we do it to designate which organization we are. It does not have to be on that. So we tend to be the Church of God of the last days. We're Pentecostal in nature. We believe, we believe in Jesus Christ, dying, rising again, going back to heaven, sending the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, to come and be with us, lead us and guide us and teach us. We believe in that. We preach that. We stand by that. We'll not be defeated on that. We will defend that as long as there's breath in our bodies because He is alive and well. And the church is the only haven that you have this morning on the face of this earth. This world, this world, and the government in this nation, and I'm not going to do politics, but to touch on it a little bit, but this, this world that we're in right now, if you listen to the news tonight, the 6.30 news, you listen to it every night of the week, you'll come out of there so disgusted and so down that you won't know what you're doing. The best thing to do, and I know sometimes we listen to it or we can record it and fast forward through the mess, but let me tell you something. This government has nothing for us. They have nothing but trouble for us. They don't like us. They don't like Jesus Christ. They don't want his name mentioned. They want to... Let me tell you something. Pharaoh killed the babies, right? Don't look at me like that. Now, come on. Jeff Bowman's the only one that agreed with me. Pharaoh killed the babies. Herod killed the babies. Guess who else is killing the babies? Huh? 
politics. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm an independent. But the one political party in America fits in with those two. Kill the babies. What do you think this is leading up to? This is the third time in the history of creation that this has happened. Number three, watch out. If you are not saved and ready to meet the Lord this morning, I can tell you right now, you had better get ready. You had better get ready. You know what they're killing? They're killing, they think, the breath of God. But let me tell you something. That baby that's in you this morning, I'm sure you don't mind me using you. This girl has a child in her. She is not going to be a mother again. She is already a mother again. Jesus breathed breath into that child the day it was conceived. And don't forget it. She is not going to have a baby. She has a baby. It's already there. She is a mother. If that child is killed, it's murder. First degree murder. Any way you want to cut it, any way you want to do it. And these people that are standing up for women's rights, you have no right whatsoever. Once that child is conceived in that womb, that is out of your hands. That is not in your hands anymore. That's in his hands. He's the one that put life there. That's his breath. That's his spirit. Leave it alone. It belongs to God. People are going to die in hell over this one thing by the thousands. And I can tell you right now, the only thing good that comes out of abortion, it's another child in glory. It's a child that's gone on to be with the Lord. And the, the people that did that should be tried for murder. So this nation has nothing this morning to offer any of us but there's someone that does. There's someone that does. And I know I'm off my notes. That's all right. I, 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 I'm just not going to worry about that this morning. You know, Jesus is getting a group of people ready. Sister Eva, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's, he knows where you live. He knows how to pick you up. He knows what, what's going on in this world. He sees what's going on. He says, my spirit will not always strive with man. How long is he going to keep putting up with this stuff? But with the church this morning, somebody listened to God hundreds of years ago. Martin Luther nailed the thesis on the wall, of, on the doors of the church. He said, there's more to it than what I'm being taught in this church that I'm in. He found out what saved by grace was. He knew what it was, and he accepted the Lord Jesus. Yeah, he was a German, but he accepted Jesus. A couple of boys over in England called John and Charles Wesley. Boy, this is good, I'll tell you right now. A couple of boys over in England they got to feeling something about them because they had felt the saving grace of God. They knew what Martin Luther was talking about. They knew what it was, and they had prayed and received that. And, and these two boys said, we've, we've been seeking God, and something has happened to us. We feel strangely warmed. That was their very words. We feel strangely warmed. We feel a joy in our heart. Well, 
joy unspeakable and full of glory is the mighty spirit of the Almighty God. And what they had found, they had been sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to say amen. Sanctified by the blood. Why would you sing a song? Are you washed in the blood? You stood there and sung it this morning. Or you sat there one. You sung and some of you can't get up. I know that. I'm not going to say it, Lord. I want to. But help me. We sung, are you washed in the blood? We sang, there is power in the blood. Power in the blood. Well, do we really believe in the blood of Jesus? We just went through a few weeks ago something called Easter. Oh, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it one more time if the Lord lets me. Through Easter. By the way, I owe this gentleman an apology before everybody. I mentioned last Sunday about some of us going to Martinsville to get plans for a church over here, a church building over there, and he was in the car with us, and he is a contractor on the building over there. And I left him out. Are we on good speaking terms? I did, I did. We celebrated Easter. If we didn't need the blood, why did Jesus die? We could be saved without that. Now you got quiet. We are saved by the grace of God. Am I right? We are saved by the grace of God. But we were sanctified by the blood of Jesus. If you're not going to believe in sanctification, and that caused the big split with us, one of the big splits, they didn't believe in sanctification. If you're not going to believe in sanctification then don't celebrate Easter. It doesn't mean anything to you. Because Easter is when Jesus died and rose again that we might be cleansed, sanctified by the blood. I've preached on sanctification before and I'm not going to do it this morning. I don't have time. But it's a cleansing process. And so We need to be cleansed and cleaned up by that sanctifying blood and then that's when we get the GPS installed. God's positioning system. You thought I was talking about the satellite system, didn't you? God's God's positioning system. GPS. It will show us how to get to heaven. Brother Bobby, it's as plain as it can be in that book. It's as plain as it can be. We know how to get there. And so we will trust him because he said the Holy Ghost will lead you. He will guide you. Does anybody in here need leading sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. 
We need leading. We need the leading of God. As the church has progressed through the ages, we have reached other nations, other people. Yeah, there were some traditions that we shared off, we threw away because they weren't Bible. We're continually seeking, seeking the will of God and the plan of God in whatever we do. We don't want to lay any extra burden on anyone. We want to seek the plan of God out. I had, I had a dear old grandmother, think about this a lot of times, that lived about 100 yards from me, from where I grew up. She lived out in the house that uh, Francis grew up in later, the, the, my grandparents' house. And uh, it was across the field. There was a little field there and that my daddy worked and raised. And I had a path across that field to go to Grandma's house. Grandma, Grandma died when I was nine years old. But uh, when I get to heaven, I really got to thank her a whole lot. She, she got a lot of whippings canceled that I was supposed to get. I'd get into some devilment, some meanness. And, uh, I knew I was wrong. You know you're wrong, don't you, when you get into it. A baby knows they're wrong by the time they can walk right good and you say no to them. And they'll look at you and, and do this anyway. They know they're born in sin until they get old enough to know right from wrong and then they repent, supposedly. But they know right from wrong. But I'd do something devilish. I'd take off across the field to Grandma's because I knew Daddy was coming after me. I don't know the times he's come in that house and Grandma met him at the door. Talked him out of burning my butt up because it needed it. She had me under the table, under the bed, just anywhere to keep me under there. If it was late in the evening at night and I wanted to go across the field to Grandma's house for anything, she always had a light out there, a lamp out there so I could see. And that light was dim, dim, dim when I left the house. But the closer I got to Grandma's house, the brighter the light got. The brighter it got. The clearer it got. When I first started walking down the path, I might stumble. I might fall on some things. But I picked myself up and I'd go on. And the closer I got, the clearer the path got. And by the time I got to the light, it was bright. And I knew I was home safe. I was grandma's safe. Let me tell you, the church started at Mount Hidden in Palestine when Jesus set it in order. We didn't start it in the 1903. It was a continuation. I just read to you, he said he hid for a little while. But with tender mercies, he would gather it back together. It was just hid for a little while, and he gathered it back together. And we stumbled many times when we started. Even as a new convert, you're going to stumble. You're going to stumble. Every stumble is not a sin, folks. Some preachers will say, oh, that's a sin. No, 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 no. 
you didn't willfully do it, it's not. We stumbled, but we picked ourselves up. We saw the path a little clearer the closer we get into home. The closer we get to home, the better we see. The better we see. Let me tell you this morning, we are not perfect. We haven't finished our course. He's still working on us. I fully believe this morning with all of my heart that he's working on us. You say, well, old man, as old as you are, if he's still working on you, don't know about that. Well, I don't either, but he's still working. The closer we get to home, the brighter the light shines. The closer we get to him, the better we can see heaven. And I'm going to ask you today, as they sing this morning, I want you all to just go ahead and start singing. The closer we get to him, the better off we're going to be. And I'm going to ask you right now. If you don't know the Lord today, if you're not sure, if you're not sure that everything is all right between you and him, meet me at the altar. 